So we read in the beginning that God said, and it was, as He spoke. God said, let there be light, and it was just as He spoke. He is the God who still speaks and creates today. And when we receive His Word spoken and planted into our heart, it has the same creative force that it had in the beginning. And in that, in the beginning, God calls new to come out of something that was chaotic. He caused things to be formed. You and I, we are, we are given new life. We have a brand new life in Christ. And we are called, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is recreated. And you're recreated by the spoken word of God. Are you with me this morning? And so God's word has that same creative and life-giving power that it always had. So new life and new creation take place by the spoken word of God. So a talking God made the choice to create a talking man. His desire was for communion, conversation, and fellowship with his man through word. No other creature in all of his creation has the ability to speak with word to its creator. My Bible says that, that all, Paul said, all of creation is groaning for the redemption. Be, because when man fell, not just man, but the whole earth was, came under the curse of the fall. And so creation is going, I don't like this. This is right. You know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> How many know what I'm saying? Paul said Romans 8. All of creation is groaning. This, this is messed up. <laughs> I wasn't made to be like this. Hello. Amen. And so it's growing. But, but I'm being facetious in talking because the creation doesn't have a literal voice. It has a groaning and, it, and it's crying out. And the, the psalmist said the trees of the field can clap their hands and, you know, and all this stuff. But, but you and I are the only ones that can verbally articulate speech to God. You know, people get down and we, and we think our animals talk to us. So we go, oh, look. And the dog goes, Oh, look, he's saying he loves you. No, he's not. He's going, (laughs) not saying anything. You just want him to say something to you. Amen? Oh, no, we're talking. Man, okay, cool. You know, I talk to my cat. We talk to our dog. But, But they don't have a voice. They're not articulating anything. You're making stuff up and feeling good in the process. How many know that that's not supposed to be the way we are with God? We're not supposed to be doing stuff. And going, oh, look, God's talking. No, come on, He's making stuff up. Amen. And feeling good in the process. Okay, stay with me. A talking God made the choice to create a talking man. His desire was for communion, conversation, and fellowship with His man through words. Again, no other creature in all of creation has the ability to speak with words to its creator. Keep that in mind. God gave you the ability to speak with words to him. To open your heart. We have made prayer so hard and we, and, and we become afraid of prayer. How do I pray? People say, what do I say when I pray? When was the last time you called somebody up? Oh man, I want to talk to you. I just don't know. What would I say? How? <laughs> Come on, you can talk to God just like you talk to anybody else. God, God comes to talk to you. And God who speaks to His man 
desires that a man who speaks would speak to his God. His desire is to hear our voice. And our desire should be to hear His voice. A man's life is ruled by words. Your life is ruled by words. My life is ruled by words. Everything you and I believe now is connected to the words we have heard. If I asked you, why do you believe that? Where everything you believe about education and, and all of your education is communicated to you through words and problems and things, but somebody got up and articulated that subject to you, they spoke it to you, you studied it, you read it, whether it was through lecture or through written word, words were communicated and, and it caused you to formulate a belief system that is founded upon the words that you heard. Amen? Through those words. And when people want to shape and influence the way we think, they do it with words. How many have ever been in the presence of influencers? People who have learned how to influence people with words and talk, to, to direct them the way they want to go. You know, salesmen do that all the time. We hate car salesmen. Unless you go to this church. Amen. <laughs> Because you go there and, and, and they're, they're selling you. They're trying to influence with their words. Hey, if I can get you the payments you want, if I can get you this, what are you looking for? I can get you out of here today. Hey, look it. I didn't come here to be sold. I came to buy. I'm not here to be sold. I'm here to buy. Amen? And the same thing. You, you, you need to take that approach in life. Because the enemy is always trying to sell you his plan. His deal. And you need to say, wait a minute, I'm not walking through life to be sold. I'm walking through life in authority. I'm making the choice. I'm in control of this situation. If I see something I like, I may consider it, and I, I may invest in that and do that. But I'm not here to buy your deal of the day. Amen? Amen. But So there, there's a lot of analogies that we can draw, but you're being shaped by word. When people want to shape and influence the way we think, they do it with words. Politicians are masters of that. And I'm amazed at how easily people are influenced by just stupid words. You read, I mean, the, the whole thing that people buy into in the whole political process, none of it makes any sense. You and I can't, we can't live by that kind of thinking or word, but yet a whole portion of our society buys into that. Hear me, these words are spoken, heard, and received in the heart of a man. When that happens, they become the treasure of his life. When you and I hear words and they become our belief system, that becomes our treasure. That's the treasure of our life. That's what I believe. And even if they are wrong, they are still his treasure and he'll fight to guard them and to keep them. If you've ever tried to talk to somebody and you know they're misdirected. All of us, if you're parents and you've raised teenagers, you know teenagers get ideas and you know, wait a minute, that just won't work. But whatever, they've got a convinced belief system down on the inside of them. And no matter how many words you share, no matter how you try to speak to them, and share, men, they're going to fight you over their beliefs, their treasure of their heart. They're fully convinced that what they believe right now is true. Do I have any friends in the house? And so you do, and you, and, and, we, and we know they're wrong because we were wrong when we were their age. That's the only way we know they're wrong, because we were wrong. 
Amen? And so we're trying not to help them to walk through those problems. But then the same thing happened. Now let me say this. The same thing happened because the Bible says that spiritually, see you have an outer man and you have an inner man. And though your outward man is perishing, your inward man is being renewed day by day. And when you come to Christ, you are born again. And you are a newborn babe. And you're going to go through the same stages of growth and maturity. We're not supposed to remain babes. We're supposed to come to full maturity, to adulthood, to full responsibility and accountability, to the place that we are not only responsible for ourselves and able to take care of ourselves in the Lord, but we are now able to take on the responsibility of helping others and birthing others in the kingdom, and reproducing after our own kind. Are you with me? But in that area, it's easy for us in our Christian walk to get to the place of spiritual adolescence and be just as stubborn and just as bullheaded and just wrong about our ideas and our beliefs as we were in the natural. Amen? And so we don't want to get hung up in spiritual adolescence. But at that same time, when we get that thought in there, that's our treasure. And we're going to fight for it, even if it's wrong. Go with me to Matthew 13 real quick. Matthew 13. I put some scriptures in here, and I'm not going to read them all and, and for, for some of the thoughts that I'm giving you. Matthew 13, and beginning in verse 18, Jesus is ex- Explaining the parable, he says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was shown in his heart. <coughs> Excuse me. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. So Jesus said words are seeds that are planted in your heart. And then he goes on and talks about the, the stony ground that receives it, has very little depth in it, and it springs up for a season. But when persecution or affliction rise for the word's sake, then it is choked out and it doesn't produce anymore. It withers and it dies. Then he goes along and he says that he that receives the seed planted in stony or, or in thorny ground, or ground that is infested with weeds and with tares. So other seed, so I'm hearing God's word, but I'm also hearing other words. I get one voice, and then I got all these other voices. And these other voices are taking more root than God's word is. So I'm getting more planned in my life than just the word of God. And so all these other things begin to choke out the word that I need to hear. And the word that used to be productive becomes unproductive. If you keep reading there, Jesus goes on to explain. He says there was a man, the king was like a man who went out and sowed seed into a field and went to bed. And at night when he was sleeping, an enemy came and sowed tares in his field. And as I read the background of it, I thought that's an interesting thought. But I find out that actually in those days, and even in India and certain Middle Eastern countries, is that if you had an enemy and you didn't like them, when they sowed their crop, you would go get weed seeds. And you would run out and scatter seeds in their field. And so that weeds would actually grow up and diminish their crop. In India they do it now, and they have a weed over there that they plant that it takes years to eradicate and get out to where you can purge your ground of it and actually get back to a clean harvest again. And so when Jesus says the enemy comes and sows tares, and then it grows up, well, said, how do I get it? Well, you can't pull one out without pulling the other out. And so it's just devised against you. But Jesus is liking that unto words. Are you with me? 
words that are spoken. And so I'm, I'm wanting you to get this because you and I were created to respond to words. If you go to the very beginning that we read in Genesis A, God said that He came to talk to Adam. Man was created to have this conversation, relationship with God. Prayer, as I'm going to share with you in a moment, should be like breathing. How many of you prayed a prayer to be saved? You know, you, you know you're a Christian. You can remember when you prayed the prayer to accept Christ as your Savior. Okay. Now, how many remember the first breath you take when you came out of the womb? Anybody remember that breath, that first breath? Okay. Okay, let me put you like this. Here's my analogy. Prayer is the breath of the Spirit. Okay. When you came out of the womb, you took your first breath and, 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 and you entered into life here in this realm. Are you with me? You came out of the realm of the womb and now you, 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 your life here became, began with a breath. Your life in the kingdom began with your first prayer breath. Prayer is the breath of the believer, the life breath of the believer. When you pray, you're breathing. When you don't pray, you're suffocating. Little kids go, I'll show you. What's fun is to go, cool, let me know how that works for you. I'm winning. Amen? How many know that doesn't work? Amen? It doesn't work when you don't pray either. When you don't breathe, you're about to pass out, dude. In the Spirit, you're just going to be out. And we won't even have to lay hands on you. Amen. So what? So the enemy comes to sow these tears. But you and I were created to receive words. And the enemy knows that. And he knows that you were created to function by, with, and through words. So you are constantly being bombarded with words. Amen. Listen, I'm not the only preacher you hear. I am a preacher. I'm not the only preacher you hear. Amen. And what's amazing is when somebody starts standing on a point, it gets real strong on the point. They're, they're, they're saying, oh, quit preaching at me. Because the word preach means to proclaim. Amen. But I'm telling you, there are a lot of other voices proclaiming things to you. Declaring things to you. It is preaching as a proclamation of a point of view and should be connected to a truth. Every person's life is filled with preaching or words that are being proclaimed to you to receive and make the treasure of your life by influencers. And the majority of those words are coming from people who want to influence you and direct your life away from God. Amen. I believe this with all my heart. One reason... Our country is seeing a lot of the things that we're seeing because as a nation, we bought into the influence to take God out of everything that we do. To separate God. When you separate church and state, that means that not just in governmental areas, but you're saying take God out of your civil or corporate life together as a people. 
God belongs nowhere in your societal life together, in society with you. And so when you separate church and state, and so people have bought into that, and the church has agreed with that to some degree and say, wait a minute, no, God belongs in every facet, everything. God is the one who ordained civil government in the beginning. God has three institutions that He ordained, the family, the church, and government. That's why God tells you to pray for those who are in rulership and authority over you. God established authority and protection. Are you with me? And so, but He is supposed to be in that. Amen? But all these things are coming. These words are being directed to take us and get us to believe a certain way. And then when we get that, that's the treasure of our heart. And that's what comes out of our mouth. That influences the words that come back from us. Jesus declared that the Holy Spirit would come as a voice. Go with me to John 16. That the Holy Spirit would come as a voice to your life and my life. Holy Spirit is here to walk with us as the voice of the Lord in our day as He did with Adam in His day. To be the one voice that we would follow. And I'm going to submit this to you. If you can hear this this morning. Like I said, I'm only one preacher. And you can decide whether my word has any validity this morning or if all the other preachers in your life have validity. How many know friends preach to each other? Amen. I answered the altar call of drugs years ago. A message was preached. And I answered. Amen? I'm just telling you, you can make the analogy any direction you want to go. Jesus said in John chapter 16, look at verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, he I will send him to you. Skip down for time's sake, down to verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of what? The spirit of what? So how many truths can there be? He's not the spirit of truths, plural. He is the spirit of truth, singular. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's what people don't like. So there will come a voice that will say to you, well, you don't have to be that dogmatic. You don't have to be that tunnel focused and have that tight of tunnel vision about truth. There are a lot of ways God understands and you can accept all this. You can be like, a, you know, a, a, what is it? the life of Pi was a movie. Went and saw that stupid movie. And uh, it, was, it was clean but stupid. Amen. So you got this, but this guy, he, he became this little East Indian guy. He became a, a Hindu, and then he became a Catholic, and then he became a Muslim. And his dad, he, even in his dad, who was a Hindu, his dad at dinner one day said, Son, you're confused. You can't go in that many directions. Pick one. Pick one. Now, he should have stayed with Christ. Amen. But out there he had all these different things and everything. So God, so, and so the Hindu religion is very pantheistic, meaning everything is God. God is in everything and God is everything. But you, you can't have that many voices. Are you with me this morning? So it's so important that he said when the spirit of truth has come, watch it. He will guide you for he will not into all truth. For he will not what? He will not what? Speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is here to be speaking to you and me. He is God's voice. Every Christian should know and be able to hear the voice of God. You should know his voice and you should be able to hear his voice. Amen? 
So think about this. To get this right, we must be willing to eliminate some voices. Everything in life has a voice. Everything has a voice. While you're hearing my voice, there will be another voice speaking to you as well. Right now, the voice of self, the voice of flesh, the voice of distraction, the voice of doubt that is connected to words that were sown before in your heart. There are voices speaking to you right now. The voice of your stomach, when will this be over? Well, I know I've heard the, the, the voice of, I know I've heard that before. One of the biggest voices that messes up children, uh, uh, the, the, the children of God, is that you've heard that you don't need to, the voice comes while, while truth is being preached to you that says, hey, you don't need to listen to this. Pastors preach on this a lot before. You don't pay attention to this. Think about something else. Start, start reading your daily devotional right now. Start doing this. Start writing some notes to yourself. Start, you don't need to hear this right now. Anytime a voice comes to tell you never to hear truth, you need to lock that voice out. Amen. But it'll come. The only thing that keeps you from responding to God and receiving His Word is a voice. Not His voice, another voice. Hear that again. The only thing that keeps you and me from responding to God and receiving His Word is a voice. The enemy always comes to sow tares, as I said, amongst the wheat. He comes with the voice of others to drown out the voice of one. Our relationship with God is based on our ability to hear His voice, receive His words, to follow His words, and to speak with our voice back to Him. In Matthew 3 and verse 3, it says that John the Baptist came as a voice crying in the wilderness. Jesus came as the voice, and we are to, we are to hear and to follow. In John 10, He is the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. As we read here in John, the Holy Spirit comes as the voice to lead and guide us into all truth. The th only thing lacking is the upgrade of our voice recognition software. You're a computer. And man wishes he could get a computer that would calculate as fast as your brain. Do you know, right, that, that you're amazing. You are processing so many things right now while you think. You may be thinking you're focusing right now, but you are processing a bunch of different things. I got other stuff going on in the back of my mind. That's why weird stuff comes out of my mouth a lot. Because you, you, it's impossible for you to shut down and process on one thing. And so if we could get a computer that would do what our brain does, it would be a super-duper computer. Amen? But, but you process like that. And so you recognize voices and, and, and you can work all this stuff out and think and, and, and we can ask you something. You can pull, you pull stuff up like this. You're amazing. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But the devil knows, I, I, I need to jam the circuits with lots of voices so they don't recognize the one voice that they need to hear. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The sheep hear my voice and my voice only. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So the more I begin to develop voice recognition. And prayer is just that. Prayer isolates you from other voices. Prayer is when you get away and you shut out all the other voices. To have conversation with the one voice. Amen. So the problem has never been that God is not speaking. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1 real quick. Are you doing all right this morning? I hope this helps you as you go into this new year. I mean, God is just rocking me with this. I'm excited about this. Going to Jerusalem next week and uh, leaving on Tuesday. But going, uh, 
Pastor Doug and I were talking. He's been there a couple times before. He's going with us. Pastor Francis Infuso, Pastor Joy Steelman, and uh, Pastor Richard Cardozo. There's a group of us that are five of us that are close friends. And, uh, and, and then I found out years ago when we first started uh, listening to Brother Hagen and uh, the ministry, we were up in Bieber. Uh, there was a gentleman there, an amazing young man at that time, who uh, in the early 80s, uh, named Ray Jean Wilson, who was a worship leader back at Rama Bible Training Center. And so I saw at the bottom of the list was of the pastors going was Ray Jean Wilson. And so I was on the phone with Randy. I said, Randy, I said, hey. I said, hey, is that Ray Jean Wilson from Rama? I said, that's the guy that sings the blood-bought church. There's this song he said about the blood. It was amazing. It was awesome. And so I'm like having Holy Ghost flashbacks. Amen. I go, cool. We get to hang out with Ray Jean Wilson. And Randy goes, yeah, he's going to be leading worship for us on Sunday while we're there. I go, man, that's awesome. Praise Lord. So anyway, but, but I'm expecting, I'm expecting to hear God's voice. Because God said that Jerusalem was his chosen city. Lester Summerall said this years ago when he was past and, and, and was alive and in his ministry, whenever he had a major decision, he said he would go to Jerusalem and pray. Because he said that's the place where God says he lives and where he talks and stuff. I thought, man, that's way cool. And then on Tuesday, next Tuesday, this, or this coming Tuesday, we're taking a boat ride across the Sea of Galilee. And, and Randy said, hey, hey, would you share a word with the pastors and everybody on, while we're on the boat ride? I said, yeah. It would be awesome, awesome. And so I started thinking about the in-between place and all those experiences. And so God gave me some new stuff on that that I'm going to share with the pastors that are there. Way cool. But watch it. Proverbs chapter 20, talking about the voice. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. Watch this. Wisdom calls aloud outside. I'm just telling you, God has a voice. God is always talking. Wisdom right now, my friend, everyone in this room, wisdom is shouting at you daily. God's wisdom, God's voice is screaming at us daily. And a lot of times it's saying, don't do that. No. And we hear wisdom say no, and then we turn to somebody else. Hey, I'm thinking about this, what do you think? Oh yeah, it sounds great. And we go with that. And wisdom just said, no. But because we don't like no, because no will actually preserve us, we want to prove that we can make it. And so we go ask somebody else that doesn't have a clue as well. Amen. I always put this, always ask up. Young people, listen to me. Listen, every teenager, ask up. Not eye level with peers. You ask your peers, they're as stuck as you are. They don't have a job. They don't pay for their own car. They don't have a home. They can't balance a checkbook. Unless you're an exception. Unless you're an exception. Hello. They have never done life on their own. They don't know how to shop for food that will last a week. They can probably cook nothing. You're going, dude, I'm making some decisions. What do you think I ought to do? Ask up. Yeah. Ask up. Amen. Go up a little higher. Amen? Amen. 
always ask up. Why? Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open. She cries out in the chief corners at all the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. And then it goes on. Don't read this unless you're strong. I'm going to stop. Don't read this unless you're strong. Because it tells you what happens when you don't listen. Okay? Go to chapter 9 and verse 1. Proverbs 9, verse 1. Watch this. Wisdom. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Chapter 8, verse 1. Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the hill beside the way where her paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entrance of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. So, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying... That God's voice is available to you and I. And as His people, we can know His voice. This year can be the greatest year you have of having a Genesis 3-8 life with God. That they heard God's voice walking with them. God said to, I mean, Wayne shared what God said to, to the to Jeremiah and the nation of Israel when they were in captivity. There they are in captivity and God said, hey, I'll be a voice behind you speaking in your ear. To turn to the left or to the right. Amen? Go this way. Go that way. But he says, I'll be a voice with you. Think about it. Do some Bible study this week. And see all the places that God speaks to us with a voice. Think about it. The problem has been our ability to recognize His voice. To distinguish it out from the myriad of voices that are bombarding us daily. Prayer separates us to be able to hear Just one voice. It takes time to become familiar with the voice. So you're going to have to hear it often and for a period of time to recognize it. God has always come with a voice to His people. We've always been uncomfortable with His voice though. If you go back and read in Exodus, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it. But God said the nation of Israel, He brings them out, gets them out to Mount Sinai. And He says, hey, in Exodus 19, tell the people to sanctify themselves, set themselves apart. Because day after tomorrow, I'm going to come meet with them and I'll talk to them. So they all go, cool. And, and, and they all prepare, they do everything God says. And then they show up at church. And the band's playing. And then all of a sudden, thunder shows up, and lightning, and clouds, and flashings. And God goes, I am here. And they go, ah! <laughs> and they run. And in Exodus 20, God speaks, and He gives the Ten Commandments. And, and they experience the presence. And they go, ah! And then they run, and they do Moses! 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 Come here! That's freaky! Go talk to God, and then you come back and tell us what He said. No more of that. Hello? Stay with me. Say, Pastor, what I'm saying. Here's what's happened in our churches today. You come to church. God doesn't come to make you comfortable. He comes to make you correct in His presence. And when he speaks, you and I get uncomfortable. And we say, hey, you go talk to God and then come back and tell us it in a way that's comfortable for us to hear. So we have churches 
filled with people hearing comfortable words because they're afraid. And even not just non-Pentecostal, charismatic, full gospel churches, but even Pentecostal, charismatic, full gospel churches are going, you know, more people would stay if we didn't let God speak. And so we're not going to allow any more utterances from God. So it's kind of like this. If Nick and I are having a conversation and I'm talking to Nick and Nick goes, well, this is, tell me. I said, Nick, what do you think about uh, dogs? Okay, Okay, I got this for you. Nick, what, what do you think about uh, prayer? I got this for you. And if I begin to stop him and talk for him, I mean, no, he go, what are you doing? That's not what I believe about dogs or prayer. Amen? But see what we do. God begins to speak. We'll go, I got this for you, lad. I got it. Got it. Got me. Got you covered. So we've taken his voice out of his assembly. The most powerful thing would happen is when God's voice comes to his people. I believe this with all my heart that when God moves upon somebody with the tongue, with an interpretation, with the prophecy, we have the privilege of hearing God's audible voice. And if I would remember that, I wouldn't look at it and go, oh, that's just Nick being emotional. No, that's God being scriptural. Are you with me? And so people go, and then people go, well, and, and, and we don't have enough time for all this this morning. But people go, I don't like that tongue stuff. I don't like it either. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. Tongues is crazy. I'd have come up with something totally different. But I don't have time to go into everything about it. But watch this. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to ad-lib some of my notes. But Paul says this. Why? He says what? You can. God's given it unto everybody. 1 Corinthians 14. To pray in the spirit. And speak mysteries to God. And then in verse 13 through 15. He says this is what you can do. You can pray in the spirit. And then you can pray to interpret. You say God I'm praying in the spirit. And you begin to pray in the Spirit. And, and then you pause and say, God, what did I pray? What am I praying? And there are times that God will tell you what you're praying. And He gives you understanding that either comes to your mind or, or, or you can hear, as it were, a voice to your spirit. And, and, and He gives you insight in, in that. And, and, and as the understanding comes, then you can speak out in the understanding. So Paul says, well, he that prays in an unknown tongue, let him also pray that he interprets. And then when you get the interpret, so then he goes, therefore, this is what I will do. I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in the understanding of what I just prayed in the Spirit. I will sing in the Spirit. Many songs and worship psalms can be birthed by singing by singing in the Spirit. And then say, Lord, what did I sing? And He's saying, you are good. Your loving does forever. 
you are good. Amen. He, he, he could give you the interpretation of it. And you go and you become a great songwriter. By the spirit. Are you with me? But God gives us a voice. Are you with me this morning? Watch it. He gives us this voice. Walk me. Watch with it. God has made a way for us to speak to him, for us to hear him. The worship team would come back and not be afraid. He has given us his spirit. We are to be a people of the spirit. Flesh cannot speak to spirit, nor hear the voice of the spirit. And we don't talk from our tongues. Your tongue can't do anything. If your understanding and your mind doesn't tell your tongue what, what to articulate, it's just a slab of meat laying in your mouth. Which is, why, which is why when you can't talk, you are called dumb. Because the tongue has to have a mind connected to it. A tongue that can't speak is a dumb tongue. It, it, it doesn't have a mind. Are you listening to me? The, the connection is not made. So you and I, it, it's just, if you would look at your outline here. A tongue is like a sprinkler. Or a faucet that's connected to a flow of water. And it's only open to release what is behind it. It does not create the flow or determine the type of water that flows through it. Flow comes from the abundance of the source. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, your tongue gets up to it. And so for you and I, you're being bombarded by these words. And those words are creating an abundance in your heart. And that's what you're speaking out. Because with your mind, Paul says it like this, What, what is it? With my with my heart I want to do and with my mind I want to do but something else keeps coming out of me because we've heard all these words and, and we try to mentally agree with the word of God but we never let this word get sown and become the treasure of my heart so that when I'm speaking about my circumstance I'm speaking out of the treasure of my heart not out of the words that I've heard from somebody else because Christian we, we hear this stuff and then the, we say yes amen but then the next thing out of our mouth is death Doubt and unbelief. Because that's the abundance of my heart. And so what happens? I have to receive, James wrote, he says, receive with meekness the implanted word. Which is able to save your soul. And so you and I, you hear God's voice. And when you read it, God, make this not a book, make it your voice. God, don't just let this be my Bible. Let it be your voice in speaking. God, I want to be good ground. I want to receive your seed sown into the soil of my heart so that this seed begins to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. I, I, I want the tares removed out of my life. I want to be closed up. I want to set a border up around the property of my heart that the enemy can't climb over. I want a deer fence. I want a giant fence. I want a devil fence around my property that the enemy can't jump over and so tears in amen it's there in my heart hallelujah get this Jesus declared that there would be a river of living water flowing from our innermost being you're people of the spirit if you're here today and you're born again the spirit of God abides on the inside of you so begin to receive His Word. Let God speak to you. Let this year be a year you set yourself apart. Amen? To walk with the voice of God. I'm just going to cut it off. I can't finish this this morning. 
But let me finish. We look at the very bottom of your outline. The one voice can always be clearly recognized. How do you know when you're hearing God's voice? Just by this. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. Seeking and saving the lost. Healing all who were oppressed of and by the devil. His voice will always direct us to His purpose. Which hasn't changed. He's still seeking, saving, and healing. How many would agree? That's what He's doing. I heard Matthew Barnett say this on a tape as Pastor Sue and I were driving up to church the other night, Thursday night. He said, if you reach out to give yourself to the people nobody wants, I'll give you the people everybody wants. And you apply that any way you want, whether it's to our church. If our church begins to reach out in our community to the people nobody wants to reach out in hell, then the people everybody wants to go to their church will go to your church. To sense you what God was telling to Matthew Barnett. And they went down and started ministering to the home, homeless, the drug addicts, the prostitutes, this, the, the worst people in the whole city of Sacramento. I, I mean in, San, in Los Angeles there, at the Dream Center. And now at Angelus Temple, they have some of the most famous people in our society that are going to church there. God says, when you reach the people that nobody wants, I'll give you the people in your life that everybody wants in their life. Amen. And that's what God, the voice of God, will always tell you to do. He'll always tell you to go help those that are in need to restore their dreams. And if we could hear Him, He would send us to just one more. If you're hearing God's voice... Yesterday I was doing some shopping, getting ready for the trip. And I had my Lord's Gym jacket on. It says Lord's Gym Outreach. And I missed an opportunity. The Lord showed me I missed an opportunity to witness that young man. And I felt bad. But see, God will teach you. You don't get it right all the time. We learn. Amen? It's a learning process. And the guy said, oh, an outreach center. And right there, I, I was on a mission. I was trying to get this thing done in a hurry. So I'm on a mission. And I was too busy in my mission to let myself be interrupted by the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I said, hey, all you had to do is ask him if he was saved. Just a shoe salesman. Hey, you saved? Outreach. Let's do something right now. Because he goes, oh, outreach center. That's interesting. I said, yeah, it's cool. And I'm looking because I was busy. Everybody all right? But if you'll listen, he'll send you to just one more. And then after that, He'll send you to just one more to save, heal, and deliver. Amen? I'm going to ask the ushers to come real quick this morning before we close and we pray. Thursday night in prayer, the Lord said to do this. So I am. When I go to Israel this next week, if you guys will pass these out. Oh, they already passed them out? Do you have this? Pull these out right here. Okay, right on here. And... uh, Hold on before you collect them, guys. Hold on. And uh, write the name of a family member and a friend, maybe. Two people that you know that need to come to the Lord. And then write the name if you know two people that could use a healing from the Lord. Might be a family member, a friend, a co-worker. Could be anybody. Anybody that, that, just the first two people that come to your mind, don't pray about it, don't have to go deep, just the first two people, and people that you would be praying for, that you are praying for. And this is what I'm going to do. We're going to collect these, and I'm going to take these with me to Israel. And we have a day when we go, get to go to the West Wall there in Israel, where they pray, the Wailing Wall. So I'm going to take all these prayer requests, we have them all folded and stuff, and I'm going to find a place in the wall where I can put these. Amen?
So j- just fill these out. I- I'm not this. You know, you hear about a lot of people send these in. I'm gonna pray over there. Come on, I'm your pastor. All right. So I'm going to take your prayer request with me to Jerusalem. I can take you with me to Jerusalem in prayer. And I'm going to pray over them and be there. So just write that out and fill that out, would you? Amen. There's two people. And just fold it in half. You can put it in there. And how many know just like Patricia, we can believe for our loved ones to be saved? We can believe for them to be healed. doesn't matter whether they're in kidney failure. doesn't matter what it is. And then if you'd like to do this, I'll give you opportunity this morning. We haven't announced this with Christmas and everything going on, all the other things. If you'd like to sow into this trip, then I'm asking the ushers to provide you with an offering envelope right now. If you'd like to give for the trip to Israel and for us going there, then you can raise your hand and they'll help you. And we'll collect these. If you'd like to give for that, then uh, that'll help us with the trip as well. Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you this morning for all that you do. And Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your grace towards us. Father, I thank you that you made a way for us to hear your voice. You created us to hear your voice. To walk with you every day. That above every other voice that comes to our life, we would be able to clearly hear your voice. Father, today, we choose to begin to recognize your voice like never before. To walk with you daily as never before. To find more times and opportunities for prayer when we set ourselves away from other voices. To set down, to turn off voices that would distract us so we could just be with you, the one voice that we need. Father, we need your wisdom that cries to us daily. In this day, in this hour, we need that voice of wisdom. We need to hear the voice of one that's coming to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Jesus said, if he would go away, you would come. You would be our helper. We need your help. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for speaking to us receiving all that is Christ and speaking to us. We thank you for that. And Father, I thank you that every one of these prayer requests, you already know. Every one of these prayer requests, you have already given attention to. Every person and every need. So Father, we thank you right now. This is just simply an act of faith and confidence. This is a point of contact for us that we believe. We write this down and we put names on here. We put needs on here because we believe you hear us when we pray. We believe that the God who speaks to us with words hears our words when we speak to him. So we believe you're going to hear our prayers and we receive our answers in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Come on, ushers, let's receive this. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lead us in a song, would you? Your breath is like rain.
bow your heads while you're praying if you're here today and you'd say pastor I came here today but I've never prayed that first prayer of accepting Christ as my savior I've never confessed my sin asking to forgive me to cleanse me and give my life to him as my savior while we're praying if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior but today you would like to breathe your first breath in the kingdom of God Accept Christ and His life for you. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed. That's you. If you just raise your hand, I want to pray with you right now. Is there anybody that would pray that prayer? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Would you pray this with me? Heavenly Father, I come now in the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe You love me so much. You gave Your Son to pay the price for my sin. I confess my sin before you. I repent. And I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Washing me with your shed blood. I believe that I'm saved. Forgiven. Born new. In the kingdom of God. This prayer is my first breath of life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys prayed that prayer. You believe that. Amen. You believe that. I don't have to get born again, 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 again. Just keep breathing. Keep breathing. Keep praying. Walk with God. You're going to hear His voice walking with you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Tonight at 6, we'll be here for prayer. God bless you. Have a blessed, blessed, blessed day. We love you. God bless you.